Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. And guys, you know that we always have thought leaders and game changers coming on the show. And today's guest is a true game changer. First, I want to thank our sponsor. His name is Miller Browning. He's a 17-year-old kid or a young man now. He's changing the world with a company called Do Work That Matters. So definitely check out his company. I'm wearing his shirts now. He supports uh, veterans, first responders, and he's changing the world one person at a time. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. This is going to be a fun episode. Um, this young lady, um, actually, and her, her amazing husband, had me on their podcast about a month ago. I'm so blessed and honored that she's actually coming on my show. So I'm surely grateful. She's a God fearing woman and um, he's a brother in Christ. So that's the most important thing, guys. Uh, where are you going for your eternity? We're going to be talking about that today. She's an author. New book just came out. Alyssa, how are you doing this morning? I'm great, Richard, and I've, I've got to start you off. I hate to do it, but it's Elisa. I'm sorry. Only, it's okay. It's just something my mom did just to confuse my life. <laughs> That's okay, because my see. wife, whose name is Michelle, and she spells it with one L, and everybody spells it with two, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, so it's just one of those great things that, you know, I just got to learn a little bit more about myself, trying to figure out how to say my name, stand up for myself, and be who I am. There the you individual. go. So how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I don't want to say first that I'm the one that's honored and blessed to be on your show. I'm, I feel grateful and thankful. Well, you guys are changing. You know, you guys are doing some great things in this world. And I'm so blessed that you had me on your show. I think that was a great episode. It was fun. So how is the hubby today? What's he up to? He actually is gone for about an hour and a half and then he'll be home and we're working on some, um, we're working on a book and some, a mastermind course. And so that's probably how we'll spend our beautiful day here in Texas with the sun shining and probably about 70 degrees. Oh man. Well, actually New Jersey, it's, it's about 70 today. So it's actually pretty decent out today. So tell us a little bit about, tell us where you're from and what kind of little girl were you? Well, I am um, from Richardson, Texas, which is a small town outside of Dallas. And um, what kind of little girl was I? That's a funny question, Richard. I mean, what a long story. You only have a few minutes, right? No. Uh, they, well, that's why they call me the veteran Oprah, because I like to get to know the people and to get to know their stories. Good. That's great. Great. Well, I am um, from a divorced. My parents were divorced when I was seven. And even before my life started, the, I had some family dynamics that were going on behind the scenes my whole life until I was like 16. My mom had had a child uh, before her and my dad were married, a daughter. And so I grew up thinking I was my mom's first daughter, my, for her first child, and my dad's as well, only to know at 16 that I had an older sister. And it's funny because my whole life I said, I always want an older sister. I want an older sister. And I would tell my mom. And then later in life, I would.
if your phone locks, it'll cut you off. So sometimes you you have to hold on to make sure it doesn't lock, or else it goes makes you go silent. So I think that's what's happening now is her, her phone is locked. So it actually mutes you. So like I said, guys, um, her, her husband and her, they have an amazing, um, a podcast. They have an amazing group that I belong to merit coaching. Definitely check them out on Facebook. They're doing some great things. Uh, like I said, she has books in the, I uh, can't hear you, so you have to unmute yourself. You have to get your phone off of lock. Sorry about this, guys. But if this is the worst thing that happens, we're okay. Sometimes it's happened a couple times. So, like I said, it's happened to me before. There we go. Now I can hear you. Oh, my gosh. You didn't hear anything that? Nope. Because if, if, if the phone goes on sleep mode, it automatically mutes us. Oh, no. Okay. I'll have to watch that. So, I'm, um. That's- that's all. It's all good. If that's the worst thing that happens today, then we're having yeah. a really good day. <laughs> good. I'm new at all this technology. Usually my husband is here and he's doing the, techno- the technical side. That's all right. So you were 16 years old and you find out you have an older sister. What was that like? Well, it was um, really crazy. So my mom was married four other times than my dad. And one of the marriages, she was um, selling all her stuff because her husband was from Australia and she was moving to Australia. And so that was the time she sat me down and said, you know, you have a sister. And I gave her for adoption and she gave. I don't really, I think the thing I missed the most was I just felt like a loss because I had always wanted an older sister. And so I just felt a loss. And then I felt a sadness for my mom. And then, you know, I was 16, so it was exciting. And it was, um, but there, it entailed a lot into the relationship between her and my mom and then me being a daughter that was raised with my mom. So it was a lot going on. Now, what kind of student were you? Were you good in school? I mean, consider that you're doing all this writing today. Were you a good student? I was um, I was probably an okay student, but I wasn't a good, um, I wasn't um, as far as the, as far as uh, the skill level of being a student, but I was not a good go to school student or I didn't like to be at school. Now, did you, when you graduated high school, did you uh, get an offer to go to college or anything? I went to college for um, a few years after high school. What college did you go to? I went to uh, a community college for the first uh, couple of years, and then I went to Stephen F. Austin. Okay. So did you major in, in what, what was your major? My major was in psychology. 
Oh man, I, 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 I got a whole bunch of people. If you're if you're majored in that, I got a whole group of family that we can just sit down and talk about psychology all day <laughs> yeah. long. I have one of those too. I say in the book, I said, you know, I had to count it up because I knew I've had I know I've had a lot of um influences over my life and at the point of the time we're developing in in our lives in those years uh five to you know i would say 16 or 13 or 14 where we stopped listening to our parents but i had about 100 people that were my influencers and role models be good be whether they be good or bad so i had a little bit of all different kind of life experiences that were, you know, in my world that I dealt with or looked at or compared myself to. Yeah. And I, and I think that's so important to, you know, like I, I didn't realize until I got older, you know, now I'm, I just turned 52 that, you know, I had so many influencers in my life. If I would have just listened and took right. the heat they were talking about, instead of being like, you know, I'm 18 years old. I know it. I know the world already. Uh, you can't do anything. I just wish, you know, now some of them are, are gone now. I just wish that I would have spent a little bit more time and, you know, they, you know, got, you know, they say that there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth. So you right. can listen to voice as much as you talk. Right. And I wish I would have sat and be able to sit and talk to them now and, and get their, you know, talk about and learn more from what they've done. So now I have to ask because, you know, you are a, a God fearing woman, which, and I, I love that. Um, who was the person that steered you that way that um, influenced you to accept Jesus Christ into your heart? Well, um, as a little girl, I had one aunt that was a, a faith follower. Well, I had a, several aunts that were faith followers, but one, I stayed at her house growing up a lot. And on Sundays, we always went to church on Sundays. And it's funny, she, she gave us a, like a few cents or a dollar to give for our um, tithing. And um, we had a stick of gum. And I mean, we just thought we were big shots. And I loved going to church because I got to dress up and she fixed my hair. Because I grew up with my dad being my main parent, not my mom. And so I missed that part of the little girl growing up, you know, getting your hair done and makeup and all that good stuff by my mom. So I had it with my aunts. And then I had another aunt who actually introduced me. So my one aunt introduced me to Jesus Christ being my savior. And then I have another aunt who introduced me to the Holy Spirit. And that is really what, to me, what makes a difference in one's life. That's knowing the Holy Spirit and living by the Holy Spirit of God, you know, living through you. I love, you know, and I, and I truly love that. And that's one thing I love about, you know, you and, you know, Mike, that if I'm ever feeling down, all I got to do is log on to hop in our group. And it's like, all right, I feel a little bit better. You know, you guys awesome. are, you know, you're, you're a big light in the world for me. So I just wanted to say thank you. And I just want you to know, you are the first female ever to come on this podcast. Well, awesome. I love to be the first ever. It's hard to be that anymore when you're going to be 50 years old. This year yep. is my big 5-0. So I love being the first ever. You are the first. So you're a trailblazer. Great. So talk to us. Um, how did you meet Mr. Mike? So that's a funny story. Um, Mike and I went to junior high together and I was the older girl. I was 14 and he was 12. I was in the ninth grade. So I was ruling the school. 
and he was in the seventh grade. So he was just a little bitty peon, right? And I was the big freshman. And so um, we had like, we had friends that were uh, guy friends that were similar uh, or familiar or the same. And um, he, he, the Mike story is that I was his crush that he had from junior high to high school. And um, I just laugh because I say, yeah, you know, of course, I don't think crush is really what Mike was thinking of um, as a little bitty boy seeing an older girl. You know, he was just thinking, well, if I could go out with her. But um, and so that's where we met. And then um, 25 years later, we met again on Facebook. And I think it was a really hard time in my life. And I was really struggling when I met Mike. And I think because we knew each other as children before the world got a hold of us, we knew who we were in our hearts, if that makes any sense to you. Uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, um, you know, you're really touching my heart right now because me and my wife met when we were 12 and, and 14 and then I left to join the military and I didn't see her for another 25 years. And because of Facebook, we got back together again, 25 years later. Wow. We're together. So it sounds like a, a, a story that, you know, you're telling my story in a way. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it, and I think, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a God thing. Um, so now talk to us about what, when did you actually get into writing? Was it something, was it, was it an outlet or was it just something that you had a passion for? Well, I've always kept, not, 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 um, not like every day, but throughout my life, I've always kept journals or diaries and I've liked writing. And um, 27 years ago, I was at a family reunion and God placed it on my heart to, to write a book. And at the time I was like, I'm going to write a book about my crazy family and crazy silly, you know? And, um, and then I thought, I don't know if I could really tell this and, and do it, do it justice. And so I just kept thinking, I'm going to write a book. God told me I'm going to write a book. I just didn't know what book I was going to write. And so um, last year I was at a, a speaking convention and um, he just placed it on my heart and said, write a book with 12 women, 12 chapters, 12 store, different stories. And I say, you know, it's, I'm one of the 12, but I just say all the women are disciples following God's word to write the book because we were all, mostly we're all strangers and didn't know each other. And they were just going by their faith of what they felt like God was speaking to them. And so um, I've written my, uh, you know, life story kind of over and over again. And so I really like writing and it is an outlet for me because even if I'm caught up, I write and I write it all out. Even if I have to tear it up, throw it in the trash, shred it. Um, just writing is, is a great outlet for me. I love journaling. Yeah, like when I wrote my first, my, my, my first and only book, um, you know, it was very cathartic for me. It was very, um, I was able to get my story out there, able to help others, but also it, for me, it, it ripped open some wounds that I had to heal and I had to ask for forgiveness and ask people to forgive me and stuff like that. Yes. So what, 
what was the uh, the writing process for you on your first book? Well, I wrote my chapter over and over again. Um, the the thing about my book was, you know, I looked at it as a project, and each like each woman really was personal in their story. They really had to humble themselves, like you talk about in your book, and you had to go back and ask for forgiveness and and different things. And they got down to even in their mental health of feeling suicidal. And so um, I think that um, I lost my train of thought, Richard, but I, but I think, so um, I had to overcome writing the book because I wrote it, I wrote my chapter over and over and over again, trying to get out what I was really trying to say, but I think really I was processing what I was writing each time I rewrote the chapter. And so that helped me write my final chapter, which, you know, tied it up to where I could tell, because it's only a few pages that you're telling your story in and you're trying to get your point across. And so um, you can tell a part of what you want to say enough to help people to understand what you persevered and what you overcame to give someone else motivation and inspiration. So, you know, like my other podcast that I have is called Success your why powers your how Mm -hmm. and times if you don't know what your why is you're never going to figure out your how yeah i agree so now how did you get you know because for me you know women are like my wife is my my rock and my my uh everything um but she's headstrong right so what was it like getting 12 headstrong women together to work on a project well, um, it, it's funny because I have to laugh because I, I once I heard God was um, a funny God. And when I heard that, I thought I kind of was offended. I was like, what the heck are they talking about? Funny. What does that mean? Funny. You know, because I grew up, he was serious and you feared him. And I knew he was lighthearted in some ways, you know, as far as talking to me personally. But, um, but uh I had to um, keep my train of thought. I'm sorry. I just keep losing what I'm trying to say because I want to say so much. It's okay. There's no rush. We've got nowhere to go and all day to get there. All right. Well, tell me one more time what you were saying because I had so much to say and then I was just like too much. It was overwhelming to me. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I was talking to a basketball coach uh, yesterday and he was talking about the difference between female and male basketball players. And, and, you know, we were talking about if you get five females together oh yes, and they're all on the same wavelength, somebody's in trouble. So yes. what was it like getting 12 women yes. on the same wavelength? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, it, it was um, like I was saying, it was a project. And so when God said 12 women, I had to laugh because women, I had women issues from not being raised by my mom. So I, you know, I spoke with many of women. And like I said, these 12 women were um, just followed what they felt like God was telling them in their hearts was to write their stories to help one other person. And it was a longer project because each woman had to go through her story, you know, through the through the trials and the tribulations and the fires and the feelings and all the things to tell their story, to not be embarrassed by telling the details of their story, knowing that it's going to help and overcome uh, so, and help someone overcome and inspire and motivate. 
and you know give people the words to get through those hard times tips and tools and so um uh it, it's funny because 12 was my number and uh even throughout the process i was like okay well 11's just gonna have to work i can't find 12 you know how you have tests and trials and uh and then at one point i had 13 and so i was like okay 13 is a new number but i just kept praying and 12 was really what was set on my mind and i just said in god's time the book will be done and that's just really what I felt like in my heart. And I felt like, you know, each writer, I just said, I want you to, you know, I want to tell about a time in your life when you had struggle, where you had to dig deep through fire and pressure and find those, um, you know, find the diamond in yourself and overcome and persevere to inspire and motivate someone else through faith, hope, and love. And so that's just kind of, I just really what I just told them was I just, laid out my heart to them of what I inspired and what I wanted from the book, you know, from my heart, what I was hoping for. And, you know, each one just gave their stories in their own words and um, through their heart. And each one prayed in depth over their stories and before their stories. And so I'm hoping to hear one day, you know, that the spirit of God moved through me while reading your book. That's my ultimate, you know, if I want to manifest or, or pray, I say pray, but that's what I pray for is that God gives me that, you know, I, I see that it's touched people spiritually because I believe that spiritual transformation is for eternity. Well, hopefully you're going to send me a, a, a copy, an autographed copy, because I would love to promote it on Facebook and stuff and do a live video about it. Um, For sure. So now your book, you know, because a lot of people think, you know, you, you get a book and you put it out on Amazon and all of a sudden you're rich and you're famous. And if, <laughs> they don't realize all the work that you actually have to put into it after it's published. Right. So please talk about that and how you, the kind of work you put behind it in order to make it a number one bestseller. Well, I had a great publisher to start out with. Um, his goal to make sure that that was a number one bestselling, you know, Amazon bestseller. So that was his goal. And, um, and he has the techniques and the tools to do that. So I put the trust in him and he got it to be that. Now I had to, again, God is funny because someone who struggled with self-esteem and self-confidence and value in themselves, that's what I have to do now is not sell myself, but sell the stories of the women to people so that they know the inspiration and the motivation that's inside the book. Because if I can't help you understand that this book, you know, it's 12 women, 12 stories, in 12 different times of their life, you know, um, some are in their 70s and some are in their 30s. Some have been divorced. Um, some have been married the whole time. Some were in abusive situations. And so it's just, that's the thing is when people want to know, you know, who's your target audience? Well, my target audience is anyone who is struggling, anyone who has lost hope, anyone who, you know, who doesn't know God could read the book. But anyone who's not a faith follower can also read the book to understand more about faith and how it does help you 
during troubled times. Now, you also co-authored another book. I did. That. that was uh, One Habit. It's a One Habit is a series of books by uh, Steve Sambliss and Forbes Riley. And they um, put out, they, they have a series, like I said, one of the books was How to Thrive in a Post-COVID World. And so it's 102 authors who have wrote chapters on the positive. So one habit to create in a post-COVID world. So what are things that you want to do? I wrote about reading for 20 minutes a day and how readers are leaders and the importance of reading. We learned as a child, we make our children read for 20 minutes a day. We should never stop reading and always continue to grow. And also in the book with the one habit to create, there is a one habit to stop. And, and that was the negative self-talk and um, self-thought, negative thoughts and changing your mindset and changing your words, changing your actions, changing your habits and just creating a new life for yourself by loving you know, yourself. You know, and I love that because, you know, like I grew up in an abusive, as, as an abused child and, um, I used to, when my parents used to argue, which was a lot and loud, okay. um, I would go into the bed, bathroom and I would get into the tub and I would fill up the tub just enough water where I could, my ears were under the water so I couldn't hear them arguing. Right. And I would read and I would read. That would be my solace. You know, I would just read, read, read. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, now I've read up to almost 5000 books. And, you know, everybody that I've talked to that has been, you know, uber successful. They're readers. Right. And so I always talk about, you know, readers, you know, being leaders. So I, I totally agree with you 100% about the whole reading aspect. And as far as COVID, you know, a lot like my mom, you know, she's now she's 70, 75. And uh, for, because of COVID, she got COVID, uh, but she, thank God she's all right. But right. she didn't go out of the house and she started to get into that deep, you know, that deep, dark depression. Right. And I told her, said, you know, start reading again, start going to some online meetings or, you know, start becoming more active. If you have a cell phone or a computer, there's no reason for you to really be lonely. Right. During this, you know. Right. I agree. So now talk to us. I, I mean, tell us about your podcast. I love your podcast. Uh, thank you for having me as a guest. So tell, tell us about how that all began. Well, the podcast, we started our podcast last year. My husband had been listening to some podcasts and he, we hit, we've been kind of looking for, um, right now we don't have any children living at home. And so we've been looking for a way, something different to do in life, a way to recreate ourselves. And he got interested in podcasting and we went to a podcasting seminar and, um, what his goal was, was to, his goal is to be a public speaker and change the world one person at a time. And I'm right there behind him, supporting him. And um, we decided, let's do the podcast together. He started it out on his own. And we were like, we're going to be the power couple. And we're going to give a double motivation, double and double portion of motivation, inspiration, faith, hope, and love. And we're going to make that commitment. And like you said, um, you know, on our merit coaching group on Facebook, that's what we try to do is inspire every day with something that God has placed on our heart. Uh, we start out our day every morning separately because we start days at different times, but each day starts out with uh, two chairs. And that is 
a book by Bob Bodine, which is a great guy and a great book. And it says you start out two chairs, one for you and one for God. And you talk and say, good morning, God. And what do you have going on for me today? And then he talks and you listen, like you said, two ears and one mouth. And so you listen and then you kind of create your day. And that's kind of how our podcast goes. And we try to have, you know, people that may be struggling that have found success. Everyone has a story, be it good or bad. So, and everyone is born to succeed. And that's what we try to draw out of people. No matter where you are in life, you can change your mind at any time and start creating change in your life. I love that. Now, talk to me about finding diamonds. Talk about your nonprofit. The nonprofit, I'm getting set up right now. We just started. The book was just published. I'm getting the nonprofit set up. And it is, again, I want to help everybody in the whole world. So I'm just like, God, just bless me because that's the kind of person I want to be. Is if you're struggling, I want to help you. And so finding diamonds is um, going to help women that are in need aid and help, you know, feed and help and uh, shelter the homeless. Mental health awareness is a big thing right now in today's world. And it's a big thing in my book and it's a big thing people struggle with. So mental health awareness and the prevention of self sex trafficking, you know, there's, that's just a horrible thing. So anything that we can do to prevent that 90% right now, the book sales goes to finding diamonds. So he said, you don't get ripped off books. I'm not even getting 10% off books, off the books. So um, it's, this book is not about making money. This book is about changing lives. I love that. And in the show notes, I'm going to have a link to the books and a link to everything. You're, I'm going to have a link to your podcast so it's so people can get in touch with you. Now, how long have you been doing the podcast? We've been doing the podcast. Um, it's it's maybe a little over a year. I just started with them uh, later uh, in the latter part of last year. We started doing it together. All right. So I have some couple questions because, you know, people that are going to listen to this are podcasters. Uh, what are some of the things you wish you would have known before you started a podcast? Because everybody thinks you're just talking to a microphone and that's it. And people don't realize that how much time it takes to listen to, to edit, to find guests, it takes a long time. Right. And if you're doing me and you, we don't get paid to do it. We're right. doing it out of labor of love. So what are some of the things you wish you would have known before you started podcasting? Well, let me say what I'm glad I did know is that I was given my time just to help one person. So all the things I and then I also knew that life is uh, failure is an is an event and not a person. And so we really had to learn um we were going a couple, we had to learn, you know, we had to learn Zoom, first of all, and then we had to learn whether we were going to do audio and visual or just audio. And um, I'm trying to think really, um, you know, we had to learn a different couple of apps. And I don't unfortunately know what those apps are, but I can definitely give those to you, the ones that we use that work the best for us. Um and, uh, you know, and then Mike wants to spend time on the in, on the backside editing. He puts a lot of a thought and into the um, context that he introduces the speaker. Because we want everyone to, 
you know, get to know the speaker personally. I, you know, and I love that. So now what, how are some of the ways that we can find you? How can we find your book? How can we find your podcast? You can, you can find me on uh, meritcoachinggroup.com. And you can also find the book on meritcoachinggroup.com. That is our coaching business. And where we can also be speak. Um, we, we are also speakers. Okay. So now the last question I ask everybody, and I love asking this question because I ask a thousand people and I get a thousand different answers. Um, and then I, I got a question that I only ask for people that I know that are, uh, are people of faith. Sure. Uh, if somebody is struggling right now, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours? Cause you know, we live in a crazy world. We got yeah. grandparents teaching kids at home for homeschooling, you know, you know, the COVID world that we live in. And if I ask an average person to do something in seven days, it's not going to get done. Right. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely to take that step. So if somebody's struggling with either, you know, in business or in their own personal life, what can they do in the next 24 hours to start the right to ship? I would say that um, you have to have the right, the right mindset and you have to know that you're not alone in your struggles that other people have struggled with or are struggling with the same things. And so give yourself a break and realize you're not alone. And then you want to say, change your mind. So you want to stay intentional with your thoughts. I say affirmations are a good thing. I write things down. I hang them up. I repeat them and say them over and believe them in myself by loving myself. And, and it is a lot when you're struggling, if you're struggling with mental health and different issues like that, it's, it is harder to um, trust in those words. But as a person who has struggled with mental health, I do want to say, trust me, because I know the things that are going to get you out, you know, from being stuck to unstuck. Okay. Creating new habits. You know, there's so many things that you can do, but right now you can, I say pray. That's what I do. But changing your mindset, just 1%, one action a day, one thing at a time. I love that, you know, because you can only do one thing at a time. And I think a lot of people, you know, that's something that I'm really working on is just being present in whatever I do. Right. You know, not thinking about tomorrow, you know, not thinking about what I have to do later on today, but being present in every situation, you know, in every conversation like we're having now. I don't want to be thinking about next week. What do I got to do right. for Easter? You know. So I think, you know, being present, I think, is uh, great in life. It's something that we need to be because, you know, tomorrow's gone. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday, you know, so we have to just be prepared for today. So now talk to us about a little bit about your faith and how it has gotten you through the rough times. And, you know, they say that if, you know, you don't feel close to God, you're the one that moved. Right. So uh, yes. talk to us about a little bit about your faith. And if somebody's struggling with their faith, what can they do to get back on, get back on track with the man above? You know, I, I say, you know, to get a life coach, a mentor, a friend, a, a group, you know, to have some kind of support. And if you don't have that because you're struggling with mental health and you don't, you know, people are cause you anxiety, you can start to pray. But mostly if you read your Bible 
And I know it's the funny of all the books in the whole world, people will read any book, but they're not going to read their Bible. And the Bible gives us the words, gives us the strength, and it feeds our spirit. We all have a spirit inside of us, whether it's good or it's bad, or sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but it's a spirit. It's either struggling or else it's being holy and it's giving back to the world. And I believe it comes through knowing God's word and knowing those scriptures to fight off the negative self-talk, the old records or recordings that we have in our mind that people place there by maybe not knowing what they're saying is hurtful or damaging. And so um, I've had a lot of different things happen to me in life and a lot of people that have you know, gone over, like I said, I'm gonna be 50 this year. I'm not, I'm not a dinosaur. But I've had a lot of life experiences and I've dealt and I've had to deal with my own mental um, health challenges. And I've had to be my own life coach because really God put something, my purpose in my mind and in my heart and my spirit. And someone else may not understand my mind, my heart and my spirit. And so it's just me and God. And he's saying, you know, these are the things that you need to be doing. And then I'm trying my best to follow those each and every day. I think we get caught up in the world and because the world is so chaotic and crazy, we for, we really do forget the actual blessing of each day that you woke up this morning, that you're breathing, that you're listening to this. That means that God's not done with you. You still have a purpose. And so, you know, read your Bible and maybe turn on a pastor. You can get, you can, reach anything by now through the internet, right? You can watch pastors on TV. You don't have to go to church, but it is good to go to church for the camaraderie and the support. I believe, you know, we need each other. We're relational as, as people. And, um, you know, I think the world's just kind of turned upside down, but I feel like it's really been shaken by God saying, wake up and see what really are the principles in life. What is important? What do you need? And it's not money and materialistic things. Those things, as we've seen with the pandemic, can go in a flash. And so you really can't put your money there. I love that. So, guys, if you're listening to this, definitely check out the book, Finding Diamonds. Definitely check out um, Mike and his beautiful bride on Married Coaching Group. I, I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of their group on Facebook. Definitely check them out. Guys, I want to thank Miller Browning of Do Work That Matters. He's a, a young man, 17 years old, that's trying to change the world one person at a time. Check him out. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And it was truly an honor and a blessing to be able to talk to you today. Thank I thank you. I appreciate it. I'm grateful for you. And it is my honor and a blessing for sure. And tell Mr. Mike when you when you talk to him, tell him I said hey and I love him. I definitely will. He loves you too. I know that for I know that because from the moment he met you, I believe that was something he said. I love this guy. And he's really loved staying connected with you. And I appreciate you being a mentor for him. Um, you know, because he's really had to transform his life as well. And that's what we're about, transforming your life. That's it. Finding diamonds. I love it. Well, God bless you and have a beautiful day. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share.
please feel free to leave us a comment.